1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
4: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets Meets
1: World House. House. Take a listen.
4: Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out?
1: I'm afraid it was the sink.
4: Oh, really? Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink, the sink a sink lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. uh uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. And disciplining you <laughs> <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Do not quote laws to men with swords. The great Pompey Magnus said that. I know you've heard me say it before. Do we still have a country? Do we still have law? We'll find out And I'm right. The social contract. You ever heard that term? The social contract? Probably means different things to different people but here's the reality of where you are where i am where all citizens are of whatever nation they resigned you and i as adults we don't sign a piece of paper but we have a contract in our mind with our nation be it the united states if you're an american german if you're germany whatever the case may be you you're a citizen i'm a citizen and part of the social contract is this you have obligations And the state has obligations. You, you say to the state, you say, look, okay, I will obey your laws for the most part. I'll pay my taxes for the most part. Be a good citizen. I'll do this. I'll do that. You, though, the state, you have obligations in this contract too. This is not just a one-way contract. It's a two-way contract. And part of the state's obligation is creating laws, fair laws, and then enforcing those laws, sticking to them strictly. That way we all know the terms of the contract, right? I already said I'll follow your laws. I'll follow your rules. I'm a citizen. You, the state, create for me some fair laws that apply equally to everyone and enforce them. We understand that's a contract we all have with, the, with our country, with whatever our nation is. But what you and I have never really experienced... And what we're experiencing right now is what do you do when the contract is breached? What do you do when there's been a breach of contract with the state? What do you do when you've paid your taxes and followed the rules and done your things? And then you look up and find that the state, they're not obeying any of the terms of their deal. What does that mean? Where does that leave us as a country? Are we still a country? And I ask that. I'm really, I'm not trying to be over the top. I really, I really mean that. What are we? If the law means nothing now, if rules mean nothing now to the state, and the state has decided that it can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants, then are you and I released from our contract? If it's in breach... Do we have laws? I used that quote in the beginning, my favorite quote. I've told you it before, but it's where we are right now. Pompey Magnus, ancient Roman general, don't worry about it, once so famously said, do not quote laws to men with swords. What does the Constitution matter anymore? What does the law matter when the state doesn't think it matters? Should you and I be the only ones who think it matters? It sounds like the contract has been breached. What does that mean? I mean, let's talk about landlords for a moment. A landlord is what? No, he's not. Usually some wealthy fat cat billionaire with a cigar in his mouth and some little monocle in his eye. Smithers, bring me a brandy and let's evict some people. No, most landlords are just normal middle class folks scrape together enough money to buy a piece of property, home, apartment complex, whatever the case may be. And because they're the owner, they can do what they want with the property. Again, back to that whole social contract thing. And some people choose to rent it out where renters will show up and say, Hey, mister, you own the place. Looks nice. I would love to move in and I will pay you if you let me live here. And the owner says, okay, that sounds good. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. That's an agreement between two parties. Does the government now have the authority to nullify said agreement? Does the CDC have the authority to nullify said agreement? Well, they never have before, but AOC got involved. AOC, Deciding Policy not believe the hype. The president has the authority that's to direct
2: right. the CDC right. to extend the moratorium. We cannot afford to pass the buck on this. The White House has the authority. And we need to make sure that we extend the moratorium so that landlords can be made full and tenants can be made whole too. And that's really what this is about. We have made a promise to the American people that we will help protect their right to housing. And we need to make sure that that promise is fulfilled
0: their right to housing. You and I, 10 years ago, would have laughed at some little communist talking like that. That's who controls this country now. It was Bernie Sanders, AOC, Cory Bush, pressuring the Biden administration to stop evictions, to stop evictions in places with high COVID cases for another 60 days. And not only did the Biden administration do this, they did this through the cdc the center for disease control and it's not as if these were just some benign rules the cdc said you know please don't don't evict anyone if you guys don't mind the cdc had criminal penalties a hundred thousand dollar fines you can go to jail for a year i know what you're saying jesse when did the cdc have the get the authority to make laws and hand out penalties like jail time Oh, although they never got that authority. They don't have that authority. They don't have the authority to make laws, to make fines, to make to invent punishments. They're a nameless, faceless government bureaucracy. None of them are elected. They don't have the authority at all. But I come back to my quote again: do not quote laws to men with swords. Do we still have a country? Do we? I, I really want to know. And Here's the wildest part about this. Not only is none of this lawful, none of this, of course, is constitutional, not that the Constitution even matters anymore. Not only is none of this lawful, but the Biden administration, they just pretty much said they know it's not
2: lawful. The bulk of the constitutional scholarship says that it's not likely to pass constitutional muster, number one. But there are several key scholars who think that it may and it's worth the effort. Whether that option will pass constitutional measure with this administration, I can't tell you. I don't know. There are a few scholars who say it will and others who say it's not likely to. But at a minimum, by the time it gets litigated, it will probably give some additional time while we're getting that $45 billion out to people who are, in fact, behind in the rent and don't have the money.
0: I just want to paraphrase that for you because President Puddingbrain isn't exactly great right with the words. That's the president of the United States of America, the commander-in-chief, the big dog, stepping up to a podium saying, "Yo, oh, I know it's not against the law. I'm pretty sure it's going to get struck down, but until they strike it down, it allows us to do blatant, unlawful things. Isn't that great? That's not some commie street radical. Again, that's the president of the United States of America. And before I get into Kavanaugh and talk just a brief moment about the border, I do want to point something out here. Listen to me, people on the right, listen to me. I understand you're upset. You should be upset. And I understand it, it's tempting to say things today like, this is, this is going to destroy the middle class. This is going to wreck the landlords. This is going to wreck the economy. You will never be able to defeat these people until you accept something that's really hard to accept. And I know most of you aren't there yet, but you better get there. They know. They know it's going to destroy the middle class they know it's going to wreck the economy that's the point they're not trying to do the same things you're trying to do you are trying to live in this wonderful home called called the united states of america you want to improve your home we need some new drapes let's get some new flooring out there let's clean it up a little it's dusty they they live in the same home with you they want to burn it to the ground You don't have common goals. There's no common ground. There's not. You point out the destructive nature of the communist policies to the communist. You might as well be telling the chef how great the meal tastes when you point out to these people, oh, this is going to wreck the country. They don't. That's the idea. Should be noted. Brett Kavanaugh, you remember Brett Kavanaugh the one we all went to absolute war for when he was being accused of being an alcoholic gang rapist. Yeah, he's the one who enabled this whole thing. Back in late July, Alabama landlords challenged something. Kavanaugh joined with the libs, upheld it with the liberals. Now, speaking of wanting to destroy the country. Now, they're very worried about coronavirus, right? Very, very worried about coronavirus. Biden administration has said they're very worried about it. Washington Examiner has something out here today. Illegal migrants crossing the border, they're not being tested for COVID before we're releasing them from custody. That's right. The administration that has told you repeatedly they're very, very, very worried about coronavirus, they're taking in people by the thousand no COVID tests and releasing them into the interior of the United States of America. Again, I will repeat what I just said before. You can point to that and say they're wrecking the country. And I'll tell you they know. They know. I'm sorry. I don't like to come tell you this every single night. I'm sorry. JFK has gone. The Democratic Party you and your grandpappy grew up with, it's gone. These people know. They're well aware this is wrecking the country. We have a government now run by hard-left academics who've all spent two decades in school learning how much America sucks. They want to wreck the country. That is their goal. Half of them, when you catch them in an honest moment, they'll state that's their goal. Fox News' Peter Doocy asked a tough question.
3: What is the thinking behind letting untested and unvaccinated migrants cross the southern border into U.S. cities in record numbers?
2: There is what we're doing. We have not withdrawn the order that is sometimes critical or criticized, saying that unvaccinated people should be go back across the border. But unaccompanied children is a different story because there's, that's the most humane thing to do is to test them and to treat them and not send them back alone.
0: Hmm. Of course, it's about the kids, right? So with all this going on, I mean, we have this terrible things happening in the country, China's on the move, hundreds of thousands of people crossing the southern border, What are they most worried about? What are they really focused on in the federal government? Who were they worried about taking down? Well, here's Homeland Security.
1: Domestic violent extremism is the greatest terrorist-related threat we face on the homeland. We've created the Center for Prevention Programs and Partnership in the department. We have a um, task force dedicated to this effort we've dedicated more than 77 million dollars in grant funding to state local tribal territorial authorities we are doing so much to address
0: this really grave threat really grave threat all that may have made you uncomfortable but i'm right all right, we have COVID chaos tonight. We have Will Chamberlain. We have Jack Posobic. We have a great show for you. But first and foremost, <laughs> Northwest Retention Systems is how you should be carrying your weapon. It's how you should be carrying your magazines. It is important. Your holster is not just a pouch. All I have is Northwest Retention Systems gear. My holster, my mag carriers, my sling, my belt. It's all Northwest Retention Systems because I want custom gear made in America. Go to nwretention.com. Check out their designs. My holster has the join or die flags all over. They have 1776 ones, thin blue line ones. It's great. Go to nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. When you get there, though. get 30 days for free. We'll be back. I want to emphasize this to you, and I need you to hear me here. I need you to tell family and friends. You don't even have to tell them I told you. You can take credit for the idea. Creating a different class of people, a lower class of people in a society where this class, these are the good guys, and this class... These are the bad guys. These are the ones responsible for whatever the society, whatever the ales happen to be that day. That has been done several times throughout the history of the world. That has ended oftentimes in very, very, very ugly things happening. Right now, it's happening right now in the United States of America. You are hearing the president himself on down saying things like, this is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated, unvaccinated can't do this, unvaccinated can't do that. The mayor of New York City, the most important city in the world said this. So today I announce a new approach, which we're
1: calling the key to NYC pass. The key to New York City. When you hear those words, I want you to imagine the notion that because someone's vaccinated, they can do all the amazing things that are available in this city. This is a miraculous place, literally full of wonders. And if you're vaccinated, all that's gonna open up to you. You'll have the key, you can open the door. But if you're unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. That's the point we're trying to get across. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life.
0: If you wanna live a good, full and healthy life, you'll do as you're told. I mean, didn't you hear? Over here, there's all this wonder and splendor and riches, and you can have it. You can have it all if you just do what you're told. But if you don't, if you don't do what you're told, you go sit over there with those people, and we'll decide what we want done with you. If you're not getting creeped out yet by the way people talk in this country, I don't know what to tell you. These are United States politicians who are selected by the people. And these people, the way they speak to us now, as if we're subjects and serfs, we're citizens. You're the servants. Take your vaccine passport, take your key to New York, and shove it where the sun don't shine. I mean, this is is identical to what's happening right now in China. China had like one new case and they're locking down travel. And the shame The public shame of telling people, well, uh, you're unvaccinated. You can't can't eat in our restaurant. You don't get to eat with us. Japan's doing it. That's that's what they're doing in Japan. Government will put your name up on a big billboard so everybody knows who to blame for all the COVID stuff. That's just... And and I can't stress this enough. I know what you're saying. Well, Jesse, it's just Bill de Blasio. No. When the president of the United States of America gets up to the podium and talks like this, you should be very, very worried. So if
2: you're unvaccinated, please, please, please get the shot, but just don't take it from me. Just read the news. Listen to the voices of the unvaccinated patients in the hospital. They're spending the most powerful message to their families and everyone around the world, a powerful message to everybody. As they're lying in bed, many dying from COVID-19, they're asking, Doc, can I get the vaccine? The just has to look at down and say, no, sorry, it's too late. Are you creeped out yet?
0: Are you totally creeped out yet? You should be. This stuff, it's happening around the world. In Australia, I mean, that was the president, of course, scaring you. Do you wanna die? This is going on in Australia. They're telling elderly people they should avoid contact with their grandchildren after they found COVID in local schools. Go home, hide, be scared, don't love your grandchildren. We're all going to die. This is the NIH director. Listen to this the recommendations are uh, for kids under 12 uh, that they avoid being in places where they might get infected, which means recommendations of mask wearing in schools and that at home, uh, parents of unvaccinated kids should be thoughtful about this. And the recommendation is to wear masks there as well. Let me just follow up. I know that's uncomfortable. I know it seems weird, but it is the best way to protect your kid. Of course wear a mask at all times get vaccinated do what you're told even when you even when you're in your home even when you're around your children don't don't pay any attention to the data that shows the kids aren't in danger do you want people to die we are creating classes of people in this society an upper class and a lower class we are creating a class of people that they are responsible for all that is good and right and everything that is wrong lockdowns death it's all their fault You understand this is not new. This has happened throughout history. And the end result of this often is genocide. That's reality. All right. Now, we still have a lot of great show for you. But first, home title theft. Probably something you should be aware of. Probably something you should really, really be paying attention to. This thing is getting people evicted from homes or spending tens of thousands on lawyers. Here's one of the crooks talking about it.
4: Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, barred against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name.
0: Don't get burned like that. Go to HometitleLock.com. And look, I'm going to save you some money. When you use the promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com, you get 30 days of it free. HomeTitleLock.com promo code RADIO. We'll be back. Joining me now, the man who always seems to have intel. Maybe it's because he's a former Navy intel guy. My friend Jack Posobiec, he's also the author of the book Antifa, Stories from Inside the Black Block. Jack, one, how do you always have information before everyone else does? You're all over all this stuff.
4: Well, Jesse, what can I say? You know, it pays to have good sources. A good intel officer is only as good as their sources, their subsource network. And let's just say that there's a few people in this current White House that aren't exactly as on board with the program as Joe and Kamala, or should I say, Ron and Tina, think they are.
0: Okay. You've been all over. You called weeks before it happened that they were going to start blasting DeSantis. We'll get to his response in a minute. You called that they were going to call for Cuomo to resign. I find it to be good news there's actually somebody who's not a full-blown communist in the White House.
4: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, um, but essentially what you have is people that are in there that still just love the country, that still actually want to see America be on the right position, and also they understand that what's going around uh, with this current White House is a lot of West Wing LARPers, they've binge-watched it too many times, neurotic millennials who are obsessed with TikTok, right? These people don't actually live in reality. And so they think that what matters more to them is their pseudo reality that they get from these Netflix series and these old TV shows that they've watched about how they think the world should work. And you see that again and again, uh, from the different weird pronouncements that they come out with, with Gensaki's strange responses to things every once in a while, they're living a sort of script that's played out for them. And unfortunately, they're also the people that happen to be running the country.
0: Unfortunately, that's right. Well, they have been going both barrels after Ron DeSantis. And before I get to his response, which I'll play, Jack, why? I mean, I realize Florida's an important state. He's just the governor, though. Right. So
4: what they're really doing, and I think everybody knows this, right? We're at a point in our country where we know Letitia James is going after Cuomo because she wants to be governor. Well, we already know that they're going after DeSantis and they're throwing Abbott in, but we really know that DeSantis is the one that's in their crosshairs because they see him as a threat in 2024 in terms of that field. You know, we don't know whether or not President Trump will uh, will run again. Uh, It seems like he might. But if he doesn't, DeSantis, of course, is the most likely challenger they are trying to pin this entire and by the way not just they don't want to just make this about biden versus desantis they are trying to pin the entire delta variant and now the delta plus and we've got the lambda variant they're trying to pin all of this on desantis they're trying to pin all of the unvaccinated the number they're trying to get the unvaccinated number up they're putting that on desantis and you've even got rhino governors like Asa Hutchinson now, are coming out and kind of walking back some of the things that they've said. Why? Because, and I said this a week ago, that they're in communication with the White House on this. They've got the blue state governors and the rhino governors are going to be in line with what's coming next.
0: Okay, and now assuming Asa Hutchinson is, I'm just assuming he's an absolute spineless moron anyway, but what does the Republican rhino governor like him, what does he get out of aligning himself with Biden? I, I don't assume he does this out of the kindness of his heart.
4: So no, it's not about aligning himself with Biden, and even Biden isn't necessarily about aligning himself with any certain way, shape, or form, right? This isn't the guy who's necessarily making the decisions. It's about aligning yourself with the establishment in this country, right? Do you want to go on board with all of corporate America, with the lobbyist dollars, with the lobbying contracts and the jobs that are going to be available to you after you get out of office? Do you want to go with the grain because you know that's the direction the gravy train is headed, possibly towards higher office, donations if you want to run again, or do you want to be someone like a DeSantis who takes a stand and says, you know what, I am going to go against you, I am going to wield political power, and I am actually going to do what I think is best for my citizens, my constituents, my voters, the residents of my state rather than play these inside ga- inside baseball corporate games.
0: You know, if, watch this cut from DeSantis. I have a question about him why don't you do your job why don't you get this border
3: secure and until you do that i don't want to hear a blip about covid
1: from you thank you
0: jackie sounds like a man running for president does he run for president if trump also runs for president you know, I would be really surprised if they uh, tried to run against each other in the
4: primary. First of all, we know that there's a good relationship between DeSantis world and Trump world. They're, they're obviously both Florida residents uh, at this point, even though I think Trump is right now in Trump Tower in New York. Um, I don't think that he wants to get into that kind of match with President Trump. And also because really they're coming from the same part of the party, right? They've got the populist base, with, you know, just enough of the establishment support to be able to get a winning coalition. I think they're too much of the same candidate. So my money would be, and I don't have any sources on this in terms of DeSantis, my money would be on DeSantis not running if Trump does decide to run.
0: All right, you have, I I mean, sadly, you've been right about all this stuff and you have one that's scaring people. You're saying lockdowns are coming. Lockdowns are coming because of the Delta variant, and lockdowns are coming in August. What are you talking about?
4: Right. So what's currently going on in the White House, at least uh, according to what I'm hearing, is that there are discussions coming back regarding a lockdown, whether it be a one-week or a two-week kind of thing. Of course, we know how this is going to look. They want... It's going to be Cdc guidance comes out first. And then Joe Biden will come out uh, very similar to what we saw yesterday. And he will give a speech. And they're, you know, they're still kind of deciding whether or not it's going to be a formal address from behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office or just a press conference, another one of these ubiquitous press conferences where Joe Biden doesn't uh, take any questions. He reads a statement and then walks off or, you know, he tries to muddle his way through a statement. Um, But what they're looking at is they want to get the case numbers down. They are obsessed with this stuff. They are obsessed with headlines in pro wrestling. They call it being a mark for yourself, right? They cannot get beyond themselves. And so they need, they've had this incessant need to try to be on top of everything. And they don't care. They don't care about the economic respect to uh, from what lockdowns would have a lot of the blue state governors are on board and one essentially what i've been told is that they're going to look at this as sort of a well like a slow clap kind of situation where where they they're going to put out the guidance Then Biden's going to come out and say, this needs to happen. So it starts with CDC, then it goes to Biden, and then it'll be the governors. And one governor will say, I'm going to get up and do this for the good of the country. And then the next governor gets up, and then the next, and on and on and on. And of course, who will be the scapegoat? The scapegoats will be Trump voters, who are there trying to say are the ones that are unvaccinated, which isn't necessarily what the data shows in terms of that. So the unvaccinated, and then, of course, DeSantis and Abbott again. They're never going to talk about the border. They're never going to talk about shutting that down. They are going to talk about shutting you down.
0: Jack, why don't we hear about Antifa anymore? You wrote an incredible book on it. Did, Did all these people just finally go get jobs? Where'd they all go?
4: Well, it really is kind of amazing to me that when you notice that, look at the things that Antifa said that they wanted, look at the things that they said were their goals and their strategic aims, uh, they certainly haven't been realized. I mean, last I checked, you know, Antifa isn't in charge of the country. Instead, we have this sort of neoliberal alliance with uh, the politics of Biden and Kamala Harris with uh, global corporations, multinationals, at Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood. So no, that is not the Antifa coalition. But what's amazing to me is It's something that I've learned. There's Antifa in theory, and then there's Antifa in practice. There's the things they say. This is this anarcho-communist uprising. But then there's the way they operate in practice. And in practice, they don't go after, right, the people who are uh, trying to uphold the system they go after the people that are the actual dissidents you would be more likely now to find antifa going after people who are protesting government mandates right rather than actually find them trying to dissent or speak out against blackrock or blackstone that are gobbling up real estate markets because antifa has become tools
0: of the system thank you jack much appreciated now you know we have an app you know what that means that means not only can you watch me, you can watch all of our great hosts live right here on the First TV. You can watch us all on demand. An app right there on your phone, on your TV. Go get it. Go enjoy the First TV app. And you could spend the whole day with me. What could be better than that? All right, we got Will Chamberlain going to break down the legality of all this insanity. Next. i looking forward to this. Joining me now, our resident lawyer around here, Will Chamberlain. He is the Senior Counsel of Unsilenced Majority and co-publisher of Human Events. Will, before we you and I join together to go off on Christy Nome, I think we should bring up again this eviction moratorium because I'm just having a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact the president of the United States stood up to a podium and said, yeah, I know it's illegal, but we'll probably get away with it until the courts turn it around.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm torn between two impulses. One is the sort of horror at the fact that our president would just breach his oath of office so blatantly. Like, you, you took an oath to say... You're going to preserve protect and defend the constitution and now you're on stage saying well it's not really constitutional but i'm going to do it anyway that 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 seems impeachable in sort of the classic definition of the term even if we don't have the power to do it but the second impulse i have is well okay fine let's get creative here um i mean if this is now the extent of the cdc's power i don't see why they can't just seize every ivy league university campus and mainstream media outlet and turn them into COVID field hospitals because you know it's an emergency and, and we need some space uh, for to deal with people who are ill. So like well, I mean what is the, the limitation on this power? I don't I don't see it. And so I, I'm not willing to unilaterally disarm it. This is the new standard where we're just going to do unlawful things and be okay with it. Well what, what happens when we take power? Maybe we should start doing some unlawful things to hurt the left too.
0: Why don't we? Well, I, don't, I mean, I honestly, uh, it would have been about five minutes ago I'd have heard you say that and say, that's nuts. But clearly, Will, these people are not backing off. They're not slowing down. They're not getting to a point where they say, whoa, we've taken this too far. They're hammering the gas pedal. What choice do we have at this point in time?
3: Right, and, and remember all the people whining about how what terrible precedents President Trump was setting by declaring a national emergency over the border wall? I mean, I remember people saying, well, you know, you, you know if we do that, Democrats will feel the abil- ability to do something similar It's like, no, 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 Democrats just do unprecedented things all the time. That's, that's been the case. That was the case under Obama. It's clearly the case now. I mean, you can say what you want about President Trump, but I think even the most avid Trump hater wouldn't, couldn't point to an example of him knowingly violating his oath of office, knowingly doing something unlawful. Um, and, And this is just, it's just bizarre that everybody's treating it like another day at the office.
0: Well, I don't know that I've ever feared the answer to a question more than the one I'm about to ask, but the Supreme Court is going to shoot this down, right?
3: Uh, I mean, the question is, are they going to get it in time? And is there going to be someone withstanding so that the, at the time that they need it? So the problem is this the, the law or the order was put in place with a severe deterrent if you break it, which is like a $100,000 fine and a year in prison or something, which I don't think anybody's willing to risk just to evict someone. Um, which means that you're sort of relying on a theory of standing that says, well, as long as this law is on the books, I can't evict my tenant. But what happens when the moratorium expires, then the dispute is moot. So I, I think that basically the administration's being really cynical by making the penalty so severe for violating the order, they're ensuring that no one really does violate it, and then make sure that any future court dispute will be mute, moot, because by the time it works its way up to the Supreme Court, the moratorium will be over.
0: Okay, a couple things on that because there were a bunch of fancy lawyer words in there I didn't quite understand. So move. Uh, uh, is that a, is can that a one? Pe- one? One, can people sue? I, I I mean, that sounds like something as a landlord you should be able to sue over, right? You don't right. just get to slap me in the face with an unlawful thing and then 60 days later say, well, I guess I was wrong when I've lost 60 days of income. Sure, so you can go in sue in a court and you'd probably get an injunction
3: at the, at the lower court level, right? You go in front of your local district judge, say, your honor, this law is clearly unconstitutional. I should be able to evict my tenant who's not paying me. The CDC doesn't have the right to tell me I can't. Clear, like, clearly, basic landlord-tenant law here. Ba- also, basic principles of like separation of powers between the states and the federal government. I mean, there's a lot of problems with what the Biden administration's doing. Okay, so you do that, you go into court, you win. Well, then the CDC appeals. Okay, and that takes a little time to get to the appellate court to have them resolve it and get to get the injunction, what's called affirmed, like to say that, yes, what the CDC is doing is wrong and that the CDC will appeal again to the Supreme Court. And it's like, each of those things takes time. And this is this is a temporary moratorium extension. And the problem is there's a concept in law called mootness, which is the idea that if, if you're no longer being injured, right, then you no longer have a case and the courts don't have the right to do anything about it. There has to, you have to be currently injured is kind of the idea. And so if by the time it reaches the Supreme Court, the moratorium has expired, it's over, and you can go ahead and evict someone, then the court will say, well, we don't have any, there's no dispute here. So we don't have have to resolve it. That's what I'm worried about. I think they're. I think the Supreme, I think the Democrats are designing this to try and evade review as long as possible. And then hopefully, and then just end the moratorium by the time they might get an unfriendly ruling.
0: Okay, I just asked the scariest question. Now I'm going to ask the most pathetic one because it's going to make me sound like a tradi- traditional Republican. How can any of this be legal? Like, how can this be done? Do we do we have law? How is that it, if this it's legal?
3: Just, it's like we have law, but it's sort of reliant on people following it. You know, I, I mean, the Supreme Court actually ruled on the constitutionality of the moratorium in June, I think, or in early July. Um, and they... They said, "Look, this isn't constitutionally sound. We're not going to reverse it because it's going to expire in three weeks. But it's not—it's not constitutionally sound. Um, and I think the problem here, the problem here, is they sort of assumed that the Biden administration would get the hint and not just re—you know—just continue to extend the moratorium, which the Supreme Court said is unlawful. And instead, the Biden administration is just kind of ignoring that." and going ahead and doing it knowing it's unlawful, knowing the Supreme Court's gonna strike them down because they just know that it takes time for the legal process to work on these things so they get what they want in them anyway. Uh, And and that's why I'm thinking, like, how can we be creative? I mean, if this is the new standard for executive branch behavior, then, you know, let's just do a bunch of unlawful stuff. And, you know, in the short, until the court deals with it, we can just keep doing unlawful stuff and, you know, essentially get inside the, you know, the court's OTA loop and effectively just run the country the way we want.
0: Okay. uh, Another question on this. I'm sorry to bore you with the details, but I'm just fascinated by this. The penalties they don't have the authority at the CDC. The president of the United States doesn't even have the authority to just make up something and then decide on penalties for something, right, Will? I mean, there's no way a landlord could evict someone today and the cops will show up and th- they'll throw them in jail for a year, right? That authority doesn't exist?
3: So I, I need to read up on this more to understand exactly what CDC is doing. But my, my, brief, my limited understanding, and I think this is what's going on, is they're imposing an order you know, sort of like pretextually under this authority of like, we're trying to prevent the spread of a pandemic and they have some authorities to act in that way that, you know, that probably allows them to like do enact things like quarantines in local places. If there's a disease outbreak, that would be kind of the, the classic idea of something maybe the federal government could do. Um, and there are other laws on the books that say when you violate some sort of order like this, you can face jail time, you knowingly violate an order like this, that's a crime, you can face jail time. And so basically, they're by putting in place this order, which is based on this fraudulent, you know, application, or essentially fraudulent reading of their own authority. And then they're saying, well, we have this other criminal law that says if you violate one of our orders, this is the penalty. And so that's, that's, that's essentially what I think they're doing. I think they're sort of importing the general, there's like a general criminal or crime out there for violating Public health orders that they're using for to apply to this eviction moratorium.
0: Okay, let's let's switch gears here for one more okay. question about one that's on our side. We have governors, good governors like Ron DeSantis, pointing to employers in his state saying, "No, you cannot mandate a vaccine for your employees. That's not allowed." I love it. Is that going to hold up in the courts?
3: Um, I think so. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's a case where uh, you know there's. States have what's called the police power, right? You know, we a lot of people forget about this, and, and the, for the same reason that states had the power to, Im, you know, to impose all these things like mask mandates, they also have the power to impose a ban on vaccine passports, right? They have the ability to regulate commerce uh, or to make rules and regulations in their state um, about private business behavior. Uh, that's that's you know that's that's kind of the core of the Tenth Amendment, right? The powers that the federal government doesn't have belong to the states. So I don't see a reason they'd have to point to some like federal constant, you know, essentially some individual right that's being violated here and argue that there's maybe a speech right or a freedom of association right to, for a business to say that they have the right to exclude people who aren't vaccinated. But I don't think that's gonna fly. Uh, I don't think freedom of association isn't that strong. Generally, uh, you know, think about all the civil rights laws that sort of, you know, supposedly would have violated free association, but everybody thinks are kosher.
0: Will Chamberlain, everybody. Thanks for making us smarter, my brother. All right, absolutely, my friend. That was awesome. I feel so much smarter. I'm going to take all those big words he said and now I'm going to repeat them and act like I came up with all of them. It's the kind of person I am. All right, we're going to lighten the mood next. You know... There's been plenty to be down about and scared about on today's show. And there's been plenty of sports stuff that's been ugly, especially over the past couple years, hasn't it? Everybody dumping on America and kneeling for the flag and America sucks and America's racist. Let's give a shout out to an Olympian. Went out there, won gold, stood up there, draped in the flag and praised God and her country.
1: In your wildest imaginations... (laughs) did you think you would ever win an
3: Olympic gold medal?
2: Yes, 100% yes. I knew I could do it. I knew it would be hard. I prayed that I could do it. In my wildest of dreams, I knew.
4: That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this?
2: It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love well. it.
0: That's as good as it gets. That's Tamira Mensa Stock. And I hope that young lady has a long, prosperous career. We need a lot more like her. I'll see you tomorrow.